Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Wings with Friends. I hope you're doing really well. I hope you're subscribed to us on iTunes and other places. And I hope you're following us on Instagram. You can follow us at wingswithfriends.com. Wait, not.com, just Wings with Friends. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, you guys, I'm so excited to be doing this remote virtual interview with a very special, talented, dynamic person. Please welcome all the way from St. Louis, Paul Pagano. Hey, Mary. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you, Paul? I, well, I'm, I'm humbled having heard that introduction. Like, I, I don't think I'm quite as, as impressive as you made me out to be. You are. And we never slow down and appreciate it. We just go work, 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 work. So, um, Paul, you are, well, you're a dad. You're a professional person. You are a co-founder of Gateway Center for the Performing Arts in St. Louis. Like, you wear a lot of hats. Um that's my kind of rough overview, but you, in your own words, who are you? What do you do? What makes you so special, Paul Pagano? Well, uh, I, like you said, I wear a lot of hats and, and I, I feel like I juggle those hats pretty well. Um, you, know, you talk to my kids, they might disagree with you, uh, disagree with me <laughs> about that. Um, but I, like, I, I have a huge passion for storytelling and, and particularly telling difficult stories and and telling stories uh, of individuals whose stories don't typically get to be told. And, and so that's that's one of the things that I really set myself apart in my my acting classroom uh, is, is I really try to expose my students um, who are all middle school, high school age to to all kinds of stories that really challenge them uh, to think outside of their own little bubble. Uh, and so, you know, it's, and, and, and we have fun and the kids call me old and that's okay. Uh, and <laughs> we have, we have this running joke that I was alive when fire was invented, that, when, that, you know, I, my first pet was a dinosaur. It, you know, it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah. When did we become that age? You know, we used to make fun of people and now we are that age of yeah. being made fun of. Yeah, I, I think I think when when we got to that age was was when we got older and at least my hair is graying. I know that you're lucky enough not to be graying yet. Nope. Um, but but my my hair is graying, but I still act like I'm 16. Yeah. And and that's I think that is the kicker when you know everybody else is like, no, you're you're not 16 anymore. You 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 can't you can't pull that off anymore, Paul. <laughs> Well, I mean, literally, I mean, you, and I see you've got all of your show posters behind you and you've got um, Neverland in the back. So it's almost a little bit of a Peter Pan where you're like, you're only as old as you feel. And mm -hmm. you, you know, you do so much, it keeps you pretty young. But um, so I want to get into all of these things. Um, and you enjoyed some wings. So we're going to yes. talk about that. Well, tell me what kind of wings did you have? So I got wings from my favorite restaurant in, in St. Louis, non- um, it, favorite restaurant, it, I guess, in Americana. Uh, it's my, my favorite, favorite restaurant is a Thai food, Thai food restaurant uh, okay. in St. Louis. But my, my favorite restaurant that is Americana is, is called 5800. 
uh it's it's run by a couple of really great great friends of mine and their food is to die for so i called them up yesterday i said hey i'm doing this thing with a friend of mine i need i need wings can you get them for me and they're like yep no problem we got you okay so, wait a second so this is fascinating and i want to eat there now it's called 5800 like numerically it's not spelled out like it's yeah it's it. it's 58 and then the word 100 right right after it Ooh. And, and it's, it, it, Mark, I love you, but you didn't, you didn't really flex any brain cells in coming up with the name of the restaurant because address? it's literally their address. <laughs> <laughs> but that's branding. You know, once something becomes a thing, it's like, Ooh, 5,800, you know, it's, it's the amount of garlic we put in our sauce or whatever, you know, <laughs> but what kind of restaurant overall? Is it Italian? It's actually, it's not, but it is on the Hill in, oh. in, in St. Louis. Um, and those, those St. Louisans are people who have been through St. Louis. You know what that means. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it's, it's a place where, where carnivores and herbivores can, can eat together because, <laughs> because Mark's wife, Amy is, is a vegetarian. And, and so it's, it, it's this really nice slice of Americana where, uh, where Mark, he, he's, I, these people are great people. They, all of their all of their food is locally sourced. The um, the the beef, the pork, um, everything that that they they use is local farms. They know exactly how the animals are being treated. They butcher everything in house. Like this is the freshest and what? best stuff that that you can get. So amazing! Of course, you would pick a restaurant that was like locally sourced, ethically sourced. Like you are on, you are walking the log ball. So, what about their wings? Like, what kind of what, what do they offer in terms of wings? So, um, so they what's really great about the way that they offer them up is that it's first of all they're smoked and then flash fried. What? Yeah, I know, right? So like you get the smoke flavor, but then you also get, you know, that, that little bit of crisp crunch that, that comes with, with the frying. Um, and they don't put any sauce on it. They put all of the sauce on the side for you to then determine like, you know, this bite, I want some, some heat, this bite, I want some, you know, like ranch sauce, this bite, I don't want anything. I just want the, I just want the wing. So, wow. Yeah, when you, when you cook meat really well, like that, like you don't really need sauce. Like it's, it's the flavors in there. What, yeah. how was it listed on the menu? Like what is, what is the name of their wings or how are they listed? It they're, they're never listed on the menu. They're always a special. So would it be called the 5,800 special? Uh, sure. Let's go with that. Like, I don't, I don't even remember what they call it when, when, when they, I got to name the episode like, something. <laughs> <laughs> call it call it the 5800 wings then I, yeah, yeah let's let's do that <laughs> with Paul Pagano I love it so did um so so they they got you some wings um did um well now I'm gonna just get jump into your wing constitution we have so much to talk about but now I need to figure this out how many wings came in this order it's it's five per order and they're big like they're 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 giant were they connected uh, oh oh you got them they're not interview. yeah Hold on, let me get a picture of that. Hold it up. <laughs> Those are nice. Oh my yeah, gosh! Right? Yeah, these are these are big wings. Um, they're 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 separated. Okay. Um, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm partial to the drummies. All 
right. I, I like the drummies. So let me get into that right now. I'm going to tee you up for these questions. Um, so the first question of your wing constitution, are you a drummy or a flat? You a are a drummy. Yeah. Um, perfect. So next question. Um, if you dip, do you dip in a ranch or blue cheese, both or neither? Neither. Neither. I'd, I, I, I like the heat. Bring, okay. bring the, bring, bring the heat. So I don't know if these came with carrots or celery, if wings come with that, do you eat the carrot celery both or neither? Um, I'll eat them both. Um, typically I will eat them after. Okay. Um, but that's also like after I've also had a beer or, or, or a gin based drink after, <laughs> after having the wings, because, you know, then I'm like, you know, I, I got nothing else to do. So I'll, I'll just, I'll you're eat. grazing. You're kind of <laughs> yeah. noshing. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So next, um, and we talked about this a little bit, but do you prefer your wing to be a dry rub or like a sauced wing? Um, I, you know, I like the, it, I, I like the rub that, that he's got on these. Um, so we'll go with because, dry rub. Yeah. So yeah, dry rub is, and really great. And like, you know, and like you said, you know, a really good wing, you sauce is great, but you don't need necessarily need that sauce. You know, it's, it's not like we're getting wings at little Caesars or something. Like. <laughs> or just drown them in sauce, the little Caesar um so this is cool i can't wait to hear your answer of this so and this is like how would you like you know like how do you like your wings kind of a general not all the time that you would choose this but like what is your standard so how would you pick your wings fried baked grilled or smoked smoked definitely smoked all right and i noticed that's a st louis thing that's a the memphis and a nashville thing like you get a lot more smoked wings in those parts of the country than you do um out here we you know it's always bar wings kind of thing. Not, yeah. not too many people smoking wings out here. Um, cool. Um, so last question, the piece de resistance. Um, how many wings can you eat? What's your number? Wow. I, you know, I don't know that I've ever actually tried to find out. <laughs> so these um, come in an order of five. Could you eat the whole thing? Oh yeah, I could. I could definitely eat the whole thing. Could you eat two uh, orders? I, I could. I could probably eat two. Good. Because these ten. are bigger wings, I don't know yeah. that I could go more than two. All right, so I'm going to give you a ten on that. You can yeah. eat, ten might be your number. So, Paul Pagano, your wing constitution. You could put this on your LinkedIn. You could put this. You know, after you write he and him, you can write DXV DS10. DXV DS10. All right. DXV DS10. It, it sounds like a license plate. Yeah. Yeah. That could be your license plate too. <laughs> and, you know, I'm still working on the, the data and the analysis, but, you know, like you might go, oh, this person, I would like to have wings with you because you go for the drummies. I go for the flats, you know. Um, you, so the you know, to my yang, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, if you're picking a partner, like what is, is your wife, a, no, though, the restaurant owner's wife is a vegetarian. Is your wife, yeah. does your wife eat wings? She does. Yeah. Does she do a drummy or a flat? And she, she doesn't have a particular preference. She'll, she'll wing just, a dexterous. She is. Yes. She is wing a dexterous. See, that's a good, that's really good, right? She's compatible with either. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the veggies, you can make some implications there. Maybe you're health conscious 
or maybe, I don't know. We're working on that. <laughs> health conscious. You, 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 if you're health conscious because you're eating the vegetables, you better be eating wings <laughs> that are more like this than, like I said, Little Caesars earlier on. Right. <laughs> so, and also the number, you know, like, you know, if you're going out on a date with your wife, maybe you get a couple of orders and you share, maybe maybe get a couple of orders and then a couple of other things. So it just lets you know, like what kind of person you are basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm drawing a lot from this. This Thank you for playing. We'll do this in our talent show tomorrow too. So, (laughs) um, so Paul, how does one, like you said, you're a co-founder of the gateway center for the performing arts. Like how does one just become a theater entrepreneur? You know, like how does that happen? Well, you get really drunk and then, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you have a conversation for four hours and you get up the next morning and then you ask yourself, uh, do we still want to do this? Um, which is actually kind of like the, the founding story of GCPA. We started at a bar. <laughs> the, 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 uh, not all, not all of us, there, there are four founders. Uh, most of us were there and, and we were talking about, you know, we should, we should build a company. Um, you know, most guys talk about, we should buy a bar. Uh, that's not, that, that's not how we were. We were, we should build a theater company. Um, and, and of course there were adults, uh, adult beverages that, that, uh, were, were imbibed in, uh, maybe excess that night. Uh, and then, and the next day we, we, we got up, we texted each other and we're like, is this real? Like, do we still want to do this? Nice. And we did. Like everybody said, yeah. So and when did that happen? What year was that? That was eight years ago. That was 2013. That was June 2013. Yeah. And so where and so what was it? Was it that you guys were all theater people and you wanted to bring this to the community or there was a need for it? Like what prompted you guys to say, let's open our own theater? Yeah, all of the above. Um, we were we were actually working at a at a, a different studio. And, um, and we had these ideas because we were listening to our students about what, what they wanted to be doing. And, and the students wanted more performing opportunities. They didn't want to just have to do their school shows. They wanted opportunities that were outside of their school. And, um, and the organization that we were working for, they're like, no, that's not where, you know, that's not where we are. That's not the folks that we're doing. We're like, Hey, you know what? That's cool. Everybody, everybody does their thing, but we really feel like this is important. And, um, and so, so we started it and as don't, you know, that that organization, after they saw us having success, started producing shows for kids. Oh, of course. (laughs) Um, and, and so, so we, we started off very humble beginnings. We had three classes and 13 students the first time that, that we, that we ran a class and, and this semester, We've just started our fall semester, so we we're, we've actually we're, we're finishing up our, our first free week. Um, we always do a free week at the beginning of a semester so the kids can try stuff out and figure out what they like. Uh, but we, at the end of last semester, I can give those, those uh, numbers pretty, pretty easily. We, we had over 60 classes, and we had over 300 kids in, oh. in classes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... I mean, what great proof of the fact that we saw a need, we worked, we built it, we built it and they came, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, what an impact that is crazy. And how many shows do you guys do a year? Like, like 
and, and, and that might look different, but like in general, like how many shows do you guys do? Yeah. In general, we, we produce five shows a year. We, we have two that we consider our main stage shows. Um, those are casts of about 40 kids and they happen one in the fall and one in the spring. Um, and then during the summer we do, we do three shows. Um, one of the shows and, and they're, and they're split up for age groups. So, so one of the shows is like K through fourth grade. Um, the middle school show is, is fifth through eighth grade. And then, and then we've got the high school show. Um, the, 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 the young ones, the, the K through four is, uh, is usually not actually not usually always is an enrollment based production camp. And we tend to do that three or four times, um, two weeks a piece. And we, we just churn it out, uh, week after week in the summer, um, middle school and high school shows and our main stage shows are all audition based. So you've got to come in, you've got to audition, um, and, and, and we put you through the paces. And, and unlike a lot of other theater companies, youth theater companies, where they just post a cast list and then people say, yeah, I accept my role or no, I don't. We, we make calls. Oh, wow. So, so we, we will call like the decisions that we make, we'll call those actors and say, hey, you know, this is the role we want you to play. You've got 24 hours to let us know whether or not you want it or not. And then based on a yes or no, we'll then make our next set of decisions. Wow. Um, so it can take two, two and a half weeks to, to cast a show, which is what it's like in the professional world. It, you know, if, if kids go off and do this professionally, I mean, they're ready. Shit, that's what, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I did. That's what I've had to do. So. so this is fantastic. And I can imagine in eight years, you have seen some kids really, um, you know, flourish and find themselves and, and do, you know, tell me what has been like one of your most rewarding, you know, kind of things to kind of come back to you or, or happen in, in your time with the, th this theater? So there, there are a lot. Um, so I, I think I'll share the most recent. Um, we've had a, we had a huge graduating class th this past year. We had 19 seniors who graduated and, and, and 14 of them were going to pursue degrees in, in performance. Um, one of those students, when she came to us, when, when she was, I think it was, I think she first came to us in, in eighth grade, but she then uh, auditioned for us for the first time freshman year of high school. Um, like nerves, at, you know, is at, I mean, I, I struggle with anxiety, like, so I understand what, you know, what, what nerves can do to a person and like nerves just over, overtook her in, in her audition. She not only was able to, to conquer those nerves, but has grew as an artist. She's at her dream school. She always wanted to go to NYU Tisch and she's there. Oh my She, she started gosh. her freshman year at Tisch um, just a couple weeks ago. So pretty soon these kids are gonna be thanking you in their Oscar speeches and mm -hmm. their Tony speeches. Like that's, yep. that's really cool. And Mary, you better know that as they're graduating, I am telling them when you are accepting your award, you will absolutely state GCPA. <laughs> um, everybody in Phoenix was very excited when Emma Stone was nominated because they're like, oh, she got a thing. The, the Valley, I think it's Valley Youth Theater that she was a part of here, but, um, and she, and she did. Um, yeah. but that's part of it. And I think, you know, I think that's one thing that drives performers too, is like, Hey, I want to pay it back mm -hmm. to the people who helped me. I'm thinking parallel and comedy, you know, like I want success so that I can like, you know, gift 
the people around me with, you know, attention and stuff. And, um, also, you know, when you're talking about how you guys started this, like I, I, that's probably how a lot of like, uh, comedy clubs get open. You're like, Hey, we want to create an opportunity for ourselves, for the community. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so maybe that's a little bit parallel, but, um, I love it. This is making me so happy. Um, So, yeah. And, and that's, and that's something about us as artists. You, I mean, you know, Mary, that, you know, sometimes as artists, we have to create our own work. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, Hey, let's go, let's do this. Let's figure it out. I can't help but thinking about impact of what you're doing because you're having such an impact on these, these, these kids. And especially in these formidable years, you know, um, that's the time when they're figuring things out and it kind of shapes you know, the rest of, of, can shape the rest of their lives. I was in theater when I was in high school and our program was so competitive and these kids, um, they were so talented. They had always been in performing arts and like I hadn't. So I didn't have a lot of success and that actually kind of diverted me to a different direction. I, I got involved in speech and debate in mm-hmm. the last years of high schools. And then I went and, went and did that in college. And that kind of like, that was my kind of my trajectory with what we do now. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I'm a little bitter, but now that I'm on this side of it and I'm like, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm like, no, that's really cool. And then, you know, even to know people who have their own theaters and who are creating these opportunities, it sounds like you've created a very, I'm going to say a safe environment for people to flourish, but also one with like st- high expectations, like strong, qu- like quality. Like how do you balance those things? Cause it, I, I can tell you want to be like careful with these delicate people, like little humans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, hearing a little bit of your story in regards to your experience with high school theater, uh, because that, because that happens here in St. Louis too, like high school theaters inside the school is super competitive and it's like, you're a senior. And so you, you get the leads, not necessarily because you deserved or, or earned it, but because you're, you're a senior and, and, you know, and, and it just builds that animosity. Whereas, whereas at our organization, what, what we're focused on is the art because it, art is created in the process. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's about exploration and, and what, what is, what is this character trying to achieve? Okay. Now, how do they go about trying to get there? And, you know, and I've had so many, so many young artists that come in and they'll ask, can, can I do this in this scene? Can I try that? And, and it, you know, right away, it's, it's like, first of all, never ask for permission in this building. You always have permission in this building to try new things. Oh, that's cool. Cause that's where, that's where we find. And like, and what ends up happening, at least for me, because I, I I'm, I'm, I'm such a sucker for the process. Like I love the process more than the end products usually anytime that I'm working, but my kids have now started to, they've given a name for my reaction when I have an idea in a rehearsal. <laughs> they call it a full body idea because like somebody does something on stage and I, I leap out of my chair and, and I usually have some sort of a vocal that goes with it. And if you're not, if you're new to us, that it, it'll scare a kid. That yeah. I've scared a couple kids with, with my, with my full by ideas, but it's like, it's, but it comes because the kids have brought something to the storytelling that I wouldn't have thought to bring. 
I would just call it the Pagano. There you go. All right. The Pagano. No. So, so all my students who are listening to this, that's the new name uh, for <laughs> my ideas. You know, I think that is so neat. And especially being a comedian, like that's how I might launch a new joke is, but to do it and to do it well, I have to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, be my authentic self and, yeah. you know, and I have to feel comfortable. And I, you know, I keep kind of flinching when I say safe, I think because a lot of weirdos right now are going, you need a safe place. But I'm like, you know, I forget about that. Yes. I need a safe place where I can be myself and I'm not going to yeah. be ridiculed and I'm, I'm going to be encouraged. I love being around people like that. Cause then that's when I come up with the best ideas. Mm-hmm. So, and I, it's probably the same for these kids is like, they're only going to come up with these if they feel like like nourished and like encouraged to, and, yeah. it, and, and, and having that a, a reaction, like, man, I would try to recreate that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. This summer, um, one, one of our actors, um, after, after the final performance, she came up to me and she was in tears and, and she just said, thank you because like this process has reminded me why I love storytelling so much. You know, you make so much sense, Paul, because, you know, you do because, you know, you start out and, and really it is all encompassed under that umbrella of storytelling, right? You love telling stories and everything kind of fits underneath that. And that's what you're kind of teaching them to do, too, in their yeah. acting. So you really- and that's our tagline. The story starts here. Oh, I love it. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it right now, can you give us a plug? Is there anywhere listeners can go to donate, to be like a sponsor? Because I know theater is always needing or could use that kind of sponsorship. Yeah, thank you so much, Mary. Um, you can go to our website, www.gcpastl.org. gcpastl.org. Um, and then you can click on that donate button, um, and and make a donation. You can, you can see what we're doing. Um, we actually just had auditions for Annie. We're producing Annie this fall. How exciting. Um, so that, that cast list will be, will be announced here pretty soon. And, um, and then, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see everything else that's going on here at at the organization. That is so cool. I, um, perfect. I, and I'm going to keep talking, we're going to keep talking about theater. Just wanted to get a little plug in there while people are passionate and like thinking about it, like I am right now, but, um, so, but actually, so I'm going to kind of transition. And at first I was, I was going to ask you like where this comes from, but I feel like I'm learning it. And I know through these stories, but we talk a lot about the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like Mm -hmm. it is a passion of yours. Um, you are a, a a supporter or an ally is just not enough. Like you are marching and, you know, um, um, advocating for, for others. Um, and I was gonna say, where does that come from? But I, I kind of think I know, but I'd love to hear it from you. Like, where does that come from? Yeah, as, as a straight white guy is sitting here having a conversation in a love is love t-shirt, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, it, my, my passion for, for DEI actually came from listening to individual stories. Um, early in my career, I, I, I found it important to, you know, build, build relationships. You know, you, you always do as an actor in, in a new cast, you know, you, you meet everybody, you, you build relationships, but then like having conversations where you really just kind of hear their story. Um, and, and listening to, to different individuals and, and their, you know, what their experiences are. 
um, you know, particularly people who don't look like me. And I know people can't see what I look like right now. This isn't a podcast. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky straight, I'm white. Like, <laughs> I'm straight, I'm white, and I'm a dude. So, <laughs> um, you know, but but I I was particularly inspired by the stories of people who didn't look like me to hear hear a common thread of not being heard and and just wanting that opportunity for somebody to listen and and so you know so I've, I've really taken that to heart in in my life as as a father as a director as an acting teacher as as a human being to to try to do everything that i can to use my privilege to to give the microphone to somebody else who whose voice has been historically silenced um and and i like we we at the organization we we have um we, we have we have a the kind of call it the circle of trust um, where we have some individuals who are diverse individuals who know who we are know our hearts know what we're trying to accomplish and we're able to have very candid conversations with them because as a white dude if I've got an idea on hey this is something that might be impactful that's only coming from my experience and I it may not be impactful at all. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I've got some individuals, we as a team have some individuals that we can have conversations and be like, Hey, you know, these are some thoughts that we've got, help us understand where we're either hitting or missing the mark in order to make more people feel included and feel like their voice matters here, um, at, at our organization. And, and what, what that has done is, um, that has allowed us to, to tell some, some pretty, pretty significant stories. Um, that a lot of other organizations don't want to touch uh, because it, it brings up some really difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we've come to a place where it, it it's hard for me to put a finger or, or a number on on what the total number is, but I can't tell you how many kids have shared their truth in regards to being a member of the LGBTQ plus I, uh, LGBTQIA plus community. Um, where they told us before they told their friends, mm-hmm. before they told their parents, um, because, because they felt like they were hurt. And like, that's when, when someone feels heard and, and they're willing to, to share their, their true authentic self with you, that, that's when I know that we've done something right. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I wonder, you know, I can't help but think of like how many lives you've saved the theater and, and your program there, creating that space for, for young people. So it's so important. Yeah. Um, wow. See, yeah. again, go to gcpastl.org to donate if you're just all down for this. Um, so so what a great impact to the community and to, to the children. And, and then you're also creating this great art too, for everybody to enjoy. It's so good. I imagine yeah. over the pandemic, it probably hasn't been easy. What are some of the creative things that you've done over the last couple of years now to, to keep things going forward? Yeah. So, um, so we pivoted pretty quickly to, to online, um, and doing classes via zoom where, where some of our, some of our peers in the industry in town, they, you know, they did recorded videos and then just kind of put them up on their social media sites or on their YouTube site. And then anybody could, could, could access them 
um, we like we made sure that we had different zooms for the different classes so that even though kids were not in the studio you were still getting that attention from the teacher you were still getting to work with your peers and the work was for you um, as opposed to just put out there for for general consumption um, we we produced one two three fully virtual zoom productions whoa yeah um, shows that we had, you know, performances where, you know, parents and members of the community could purchase a ticket, we'd send them the Zoom link and, you know, and, and they'd be a part of it. But then we, we did two of them where not only we did that, but we also opened it up to, to schools where we said, hey, we'll bring this to you. Of course, bring is in quotation marks yeah. because nobody, you know, it, kids were s- still studying from home or, you know, or they were in a socially distant setting when, when they were, you know, actually in person. And because it was all via Zoom, all of our actors could perform from home and, and just step away from their classwork for, for an hour, hour and a half in order to tell a story that, that gave students and schools actually not just across the St. Louis area, but we had some schools that were outside of the St. Louis area Yeah, that caught like- wind that we were doing it and wanted to be a part of it. That's what I can't, um, you know, I can't help but think um, the, the one of the silver linings of the last year and a half was like the access. Um, and I picture myself, I, I put myself in this back when I was like a kid. I didn't have a lot of access. Of course, it wasn't the internet and stuff, but I didn't have a lot of access to the things that I wanted to do. And if I was a kid today in that situation, and I blame my parents because they're working. My mom, she's English is not her first language. My mom didn't drive. That was another way access was kind of limited for me. Yeah. So yeah. if I was, if, if this were happening kind of today, I'd be able to like take a class at a really cool theater, you know, or take a class um, at Groundlings or do an open mic. I met a lot of cool people doing virtual mics that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, so there's, if you want to, you know, there's, it's, it's out there and what a cool offering for you to, for have that out there. And now it's a muscle you guys have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was really cool was when we, when we were then, when we got into 2021 and, we felt like we could get the cast together and like literally be on stage, but not have an audience. We would stream. We streamed. I love that. Three productions. And in those productions, we had kids who had families that were overseas. Yeah. And so kids whose, whose extended families had never been able to see them on stage could now see them on stage by virtue of, you know, of this new muscle that we had to, that we had to build. And, you know, so that, you know, that was just a really cool, yeah. you know, cool experience as well. And I don't mean to keep making it about me, but. Um, well, you I, should, it's your show. No, but it's about you. But like, but yeah, I was really excited when like all my friends in St. Louis were able to watch me in the world series of comedy. And then they're going to mm-hmm. do it again next week. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's access, you know? And, um, I, like, I'm really grateful for that. And we're still kind of utilizing some of that technology. And it's like, hey, you know, we don't have to, you know, catch it on YouTube or wait, yeah. you know, so, so very you can cool. see it live. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man, now the pressure is on now. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, you, you just, you know, just picture, picture me back here with a beer in my hand and... <laughs> Um, and you know, and maybe you feel like the same way about theater, but one of my favorite things about comedy is really just, 
um, giving people the experience of going out and spending time with people that they love and laughing, you know, yeah. like it's about giving them that experience. Um, that's my favorite thing, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I had, yeah. I had a friend say like, Oh my gosh. I, she said, she loves the way her husband laughs. He has this laugh. She doesn't see it all the time, but she's like, I love watching him laugh at you and the show. And I'm like, did we just fix your marriage? Like, <laughs> <laughs> We did La- not fix the marriage. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, divorced. And, no, no, uh... they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> uh, laughter is, is such, you know, it, it, it's a cliche, but it, but it really isn't. Laughter is a great medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as a matter of fact, thinking of laughter and, you know, and, and, and watching individuals laugh, I have a very distinct laugh. I have a giant <laughs> laugh. My kids make fun of it. Uh, my, my actual biological children and my students that, that, that I teach are very first like cast in a theater, virtual streamed production one of the parents texted our artistic director and said, do you have a live audience? And she was like, no, why? She's like, we hear somebody laughing. <laughs> the microphones that are on stage. And she said, no, that's just Paul. He really likes his work. <laughs> that's great. That is great. Um, okay. I have some just kind of, kind of rapid fire questions for you. I want to just know, um, okay. what's your favorite play or musical? And are you, are you more like, you like musicals better or let me ask you that first. Do you prefer musicals or plays? Um, it, I don't know that I have a preference. I, 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 have a pre- I'm, I'm drawn to the story. Okay, so, cool. So if, if it's, if it's a, if it's a, a story that, that has some teeth, um, I'm, I'm going to watch it, whether it's a musical or whether it's a play. So what's your favorite story? Um, my favorite musical is Rent. Okay. Um, it, you know, of course it, it, hit Broadway in, in 96. I graduated from high school in 96. Yep. It, it, it helped me just. Me too. We're like the same age. We are. Yeah. We're the same. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's just like the messages in rent just helped me in a very difficult period of being a human. Yeah. Um, and, okay. and so, uh, so rent, rent is my favorite musical. My favorite play is a play called morning dove. Uh, it, it's by a Canadian playwright by the name of Emile Schur, S-H-I-R. Um, and it's about euthanasia. The youth in Asia or euthanasia? <laughs> euthanasia. Oh man, um, that's dark. Yeah, that's it's intense. It's, it is intense. And, and one of the reasons why it's, my, why it's my favorite play is because, you know, euthanasia is such a polarizing topic. You're either for it or against it. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. gray area. But this, this play puts everybody smack dab in the middle of the gray. Oh, dang. Um, and it's so thought-provoking. And, and you can, even, even if you're against euthanasia, you, you feel and relate to the humanity of the characters that, that euthanize their daughter um, in, in, this, in, in this play. Um, it's, it's just, it. All right, yeah. noted. Um, if you could be cast in any role, like say right now, or maybe at any time, like what role, what play would you want to be in? If, if it's like done, Paul, it's you. Wow. If I, if I could be cast in any, in any role right now, it would be. And why would it be Hamilton? No, I'm just 
<laughs> nope. I, I, I know that Hamilton is not my place. Um, it, I, I, I would love, absolutely love to be in come from away. Um, and, and, and the role, the role that I would, the, the track, really the track that I would like to play is Oz and others. Um, because, um, first of all, come from away about nine 11, just the humanity, um, that, that was, was shown in, in Gander, um, it, New York is one of my favorite places. Um, I was, and, and I was, I was doing a show during nine 11 as well. Um, I wasn't in New York, but, um, I was in Minneapolis at the time and, you know, just like the events of nine 11 were, were really impactful for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm Italian. And when I was in college, we have, we, we had, it still does. The school still does have a very large Jewish population. And so many people thought that I was Jewish <laughs> when, when, when I was there, like, what, so, so will I see a hello? Like what, what's hello? I, I, I don't, well, no, I'm, no, I, hey, you know, yeah, happy new year, you know, great, but like, no, I'm, I, I won't be there, um, and, and Oz's character is, is one, it, Oz, the track, the actor who plays Oz and others plays the rabbi, ah, um, okay, who, who is stranded, um, and, and just the, 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 the Jewish tradition and what, you know, what I know of the Jewish tradition, um, you know, that's, that's something that, that I want to be able to, you know, honor, uh, you know, those stories. Uh, that is great. Well. Now I know it's not the same thing, but it is timely because come from away is now on Apple TV or is it a mm-hmm. movie or is it a recorded, um, theater version? It's a recorded theater version. Okay. That sounds really good. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is the reason that I got Apple TV. <laughs> Okay. Well, I feel a little like, oh, I'm watching Hamilton on Disney Plus, but I'm like, you know what? For that's the only way I'm going to be able to watch it f- mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, like I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. Very cool. And you told me once you met Andy Cohen, um, I which I was so excited. I love Andy Cohen. He's so St. Louis. Are there any, is he like the most exciting, famous person you've ever met? Or do you have any other like interactions where you're like, oh, wow? So, uh, so, so I actually met him at, at a party here in St. Louis, um, oh. with, with people that he went to high school with. Um, so, so it was, it was just like a, a bunch of, bunch of his high school buddies cool. and, you know, and, and me, um, and, and he, like, he, he was, it, it was like just another human being. Yeah. Right. You know, just, just hanging out there. And, you know, and, and I, I, I had a brief conversation with him because he's, he, he's been so generous in, in donating tickets to his show for, for our gala every year for a fundraiser. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, and, and there was one year that there was such a bidding war on, on the tickets that, um, that we got to go ahead to double up and, you know, what do you mean double up? Meaning that like we, we had, he had given us two tickets and, and we, we had a contact there who, who was able to get to him while the bidding was going and said, yeah, I just double it, D- double it. them up. We'll, 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 we'll do four, two sets. So four tickets. And so, you know, I just, I just had a conversation, you know, thank you. Like, thanks for doing that. Like, I really appreciate it. And he was like, yeah, I don't want, you know, big deal. It's, and isn't that the, I mean, that, what a great way to network too. Like, um, I love this. Like you have something that people care about. So you can say like, Hey, I'm one of the co-founders of this theater. 
great. We love supporting the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the compliment of, hey, those tickets you gave us, you know, these those raised a significant amount of money for us. Thank you. You know, and all of a sudden these people are noticing you and talking to you and like, isn't that what we all want? Whether you're building a business, whether you're trying to get opportunities, whether you're yeah. fundraising, like it is so cool. Like people are really there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it's, it. Yeah. And, and network, networking is so the name of the game now. Yeah. Like we gotta. <laughs> it, it comes back to, you gotta make contacts, right? Follow up with people and, and ask yeah. them. And I do that with comedy. You know, if somebody says, somebody says to me casually, like, yeah, Mary, we need to get you in here. And I'm like, great. Here's my availability. I'll follow up with you on Monday. Oh, I haven't heard from you yet. Let me follow up with you the next Monday. And it's persistent, but you got to, or they're going to forget mm-hmm. about you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love how Speaking everything. Of which, can, I, can I call one of my students to task right now? Yes. So one of my students has, has expressed interest in jumping into comedy and you shared that you would have a conversation with her. Has she reached out to you yet? No. And I'm waiting. I've been waiting for this conversation. I I told her, I met with her over the weekend. I said, I'm going to be meeting with Mary. I'm I'm doing her podcast. I'm going to ask Mary. So every night I check um, my email, I look at my phone and one single tear comes down because I just would love to talk to a young person about comedy. Well, here you go, Maddie. Um, it, you, um, <laughs> it's time. And yeah, when you're ready, Maddie, I'll be here. Um, <laughs> that is so cool, Paul. Thank you for, for bringing me along on that. Um, wh- what do you want? Okay, so what? let's say short-term vision board. What would you like to happen? What do you want to put out there in the universe to come back to you? I want to work one job. <laughs> I want to work one job, just one. For the last 21 years, I have worked at least two jobs. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Good luck. No, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, sometimes I kick myself for not starting this, you know, comedy like sooner before I got used to living in the lap of luxury. Um, All that corporate money, right? Yeah. Try to, I, you know, trying to balance it, but I'm also like, I'm too old to stay on people's couches when I travel. So like, again, I, I have the same, you know, it's a struggle, but that would be amazing. You know what? Let's put it out there. One job. And it's the one you want. Um, that's right. One job, GCPA. No <laughs> offense to my day job, but GCPA. That's- well, I think I've really learned the pandemic's really helped me learn like boundaries and the fact that my job is my job and my passions and my home life. Just because if I had kids and a husband, it would be a little clearer to be like, this is my priority, but I don't. So it feels like, like, I feel bad saying comedy is, you know, I want to put everything on that. Yeah. Like as if it was ch- children. And, Cause I mean, I spend enough on comedy, like what people spend on theater camps and soccer mm-hmm. and all of that, those things. So it's, it really is like my baby or what I'm, you know, working on right now. So yeah. Yeah. And you should, you should be able to do that. Like forget everybody else. Like <laughs> Do your thing. Um, I, I, it's probably just like how it, you know, with my story and, and, and how, how, how long I've been working and all that, it's like, it's, it, maybe it's my parents' fault too, just the way it's ingrained in me. And I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Anyway, um, man, Paul, these rapid fire questions turned into like really long conversations. No, but they're so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
I thank you. Per, I feel like this is a perfect episode. Watch it. It didn't record or there'll be a, there'll be a snafu, but, um, what, um, wait a second. Oh no. The wings. So perfect. So St. Louis, you know, I love your connection to the wings and then, and then theater and then how that really impacted helping people and helping LGBTQA plus youth and, you know, how it all really fits together into this really great little package. Um, that is, Paul. <laughs> um, is there anything we did not talk about that you're like, I need to say this, I've got to get it out. I, you know what, we were talking about 9-11 and yeah. come from away. Um, I, it, if, if I could, I'd love to share the story of when, when my show got back in. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I was doing Forever Plaid at a Chanhassen Dinner Theater in, in Chanhassen, Minnesota, which is a suburb of, of Minneapolis. And 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. Got a call from, from our, our, uh, our production manager and, and said, we're, we're going to be dark the next two days. We go back in on Thursday um, and said, we, we were told, you know, the audience is probably going to be small. We had 13 people in the house that night. Uh, Forever Plaid, it's important to know if, if you're not familiar with Forever Plaid, Forever Plaid is, is a story. It's, it's four, four guys, the barbershop quartet, um, the basis of the story is that these four guys were killed in a car accident years before, but their one wish was to come back to earth and to do a show. And they sing all of like the old crooner songs, um, you know, Perry Como and, and, and Frank Sinatra and, and, and others. And, and, and it's, and it's a comedy, like it's written to be a comedy, but, but there's, there was this one moment that just landed very different. Um, on, on September 13th of, of 2001. Uh, and none of us thought about it. Like not one of the actors on stage even thought about this line. But one of the characters towards the end of the musical, it's, it's time for us to finish. Like we, we have to finish, we have to go back up to heaven because you know our time is done. Um, and, and one of the actors, uh, the, the character, the actor that, that is good friends of mine, uh, Jason, he, his, his character's monologue is, you know, we, I don't want to go back. I don't want to do this. We didn't even rate a plane crash like Buddy Holly or Patsy Cline in, in regards to like their death. And you could feel the air get sucked out of the room on a line that is, that normally gets a laugh because of everything that's before it and everything that's after it. But you could feel the, 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 the air get sucked out of the room. And, and, all four of us, like we look at each other and we recognize, holy shit, like we didn't think about this. And in that moment where we have a moment of silence to determine, do we finish this monologue or not? And have those kind of telepathic conversations with one another. We hear this person in the back of the theater sobbing. And, and so he finished the monologue my character happened to be the leader of, uh, of this, the, this, this quartet. And my next monologue was all about, we need to, we need to step forward. What, what is happening, the fact that we have to stop and, and go back sucks, but we, we have to keep moving forward. And, and then he, he makes this you know, very impassioned end to this speech and, and that night I looked dead in, in my buddy's face and Jason's face. 
and, and delivered that last line and then took my final pose. And as he comes up and puts his hand on my shoulder, I could feel like the energy that he had. And, and you, could, you could hear in the audience how like just that monologue was so necessary in that moment. And, and the reason that that has stuck with me, not just because of where were you on 9-11, um, but was because of the impact that it had on us as artists, the impact that it had on the audience that was there, and, and the impact that live theater and storytelling has on all of humanity, um, having a shared experience. And, and that shared experience is affected by what's going on outside of the theater as well. Um, and it can enhance it. And, and so, you know, all of, uh, all of the people that are listening, you know, it, it, if, if you don't already support live theater, support live comedians, uh, it, it's, it's so, what we do is so important. And, and, I, and, and I'll, I'll finish with a quick little story, interaction I had on Twitter um, about six months ago, where one of my, one of my one, former students, now in college, former students, tweeted that somebody, somebody had said to her, uh, because she was working, working a summer stock gig and, and said, your, your, your industry is worthless. And, and how, 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 how does he even know what my industry is all about? I said, next time somebody says that to you, ask them what they've done during the pandemic. Right. What'd you do during the shutdown? Yeah. You binged watched Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV or whatever other streaming, you know, all the other streaming sources out there our industry is necessary. Yeah. Somebody wrote that. They produced that. Somebody lit that. Somebody made costumes mm. for that. Somebody did makeup. Like there are so many jobs and crafts and years of like struggle and perfecting your craft that goes into it. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you so much, Paul. I want to leave it right there. Just very perfectly. What a Thank you for sharing that story with us, all of it. Um, it was fantastic. Thanks for having um, me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it really has. Thank you. Everybody, please go to gcpastl.org to donate uh, to the theater or just check it out and see what it's about or you want to see what this uh, uh, a white dude looks like. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it's an old headshot, but it's up there. <laughs> Um, thank you. And please make sure you give us a five-star review, you know, like us, share, follow me on Instagram. Uh, that's what I would like the most. You can also find me at Mary Upchurch Comedy on Instagram or at maryupchurchcomedy.com. Thank you so much, Paul Pagano. This has been great. Likewise, Mary. Always great spending time with you. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.